Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of That Question Next Door. I hope you all are keeping safe and you are doing well wherever you are. This will be episode 4 from the Made for More mini series that we've been embarking on for the past few months now, which essentially stems from John 3.16 that talks um, or speaks to the love of God for his people in sending forth his son to die. And I, I hope and we hope that this episode's um, thus far, I've been able to bless you that you resonated in some way or the other just by listening. And of course, it has cultivated a different perspective um, towards what the love of God really entails and what it means to 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 be loved and to be ushered into this more, into this eternal life um, that we speak of. So, yes, thank you again for tuning in and we pray that you'll be blessed as you listen. And if we had to just do a quick recap as to, you know, what has been said thus far from episode one to three, we know a lot has been said, but it all ties down to um, this concept of, of God showing us his love and bringing us into the everlasting life that was promised to us at the beginning, the eternal life that uh, we desire. Um, he had to send his son to, to atone for our sins, for us to be able to come into this eternal life and how that when we put on Christ, which is that when we acknowledge that Christ is Lord and that he lives inside of us, of how that is us being on the right track to everlasting life. And the proof of God releasing his son to die for us is proof that God truly loves us and that he loves us with an everlasting love. I think it's important for us to note this, and I think it has been said countless times, that the love of God is not the same as the love of a human being and that God loves in an everlasting way. I believe in Jeremiah 31 verse 3, he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. It is only he that has um, or dwells in the everlasting that has the power to love in an everlasting manner, to love with an everlasting love. So it's because of God's love towards mankind and not seeing man perishing that he had to to atone and to to sacrifice um, his son for us to be able to come back to him, to be reconciled with him and to to fellowship with him once again so uh, we, we spoke at length about how you know god desires um, a lot from his people he wants his people to return let's talk about how um, by believing in christ we are transformed and we are then ushered into this everlasting life and most importantly i think it's this concept of of, of a planned provision of how through god's love we see or through the plan provision, we see God's love for his people in, in bringing them back to himself and giving them salvation. And of course, how we receive this life only by, by faith. So a lot has been said so far, and maybe some things are still not clear, but hopefully, even as we press on in this episode, we'll be able to, to look into more of what this eternal life means. What does, it, what does it relate to? How can I experience it? How can I relate to it? And I think... The first thing that's important for us to understand is that everlasting life was actually never supposed to be a reward. It was part of God's context for creation. Um, it was sin that made everlasting life exclusive to, to only those who believe. Every man right from time was supposed to enjoy everlasting life. But sin became, as we always say here, that question next door, sin is a separator. It separated man from God's initial plan for him and will for man that man should dwell in dominion and should have everlasting life so sin distorted everlasting life it made it something that had to be given as a reward 
and of course jesus christ came that we can receive this reward but it's important that we understand that we were made that our inherent nature our design was made for the everlasting life and of course the only thing that that is a contention is this normal life that we live in this normal life that has been um, polluted that has been um, if i can say contaminated with sin um, it, it baffles me that even someone like the apostle paul you know wrestles with this 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 version of who he wants to be and what he was created for if you read the book of romans chapter 7 it talks about how i paul i don't understand that i practice what i would not like to do but i'm doing the very same thing i hate so there's this contention with the normal life and the eternal life that if somebody like paul who was of course um, prolific and at the epicenter of the early church could face such a dilemma um, that we too will face that the contention between the normal life that has been contaminated with sin and of course the eternal life that we were designed for there's a great struggle there's a serious contention for it and you know but all i can say is that we we have to hold fast to believing in him who has given us that eternal life romans chapter 7 says but thanks be to god through jesus christ our lord who has ushered us into that eternal who is making it easier for us to come into that eternal only through believing in him and god had so graciously given us christ um, to attain that eternal life because that was what we were made for um, if you look at the book of genesis 3 and 22 you know i, I personally see god's love in the, in the fact that he took out adam from eden after the fall why it is not that the tree of life could provide adam with the eternal life that adam needed adam was already created for the eternal do you get it we were created already for eternal life but sin came in and god had to stop us from living in that state jesus had to come now which is that planned provision and give us back our state give us back our nature give us our more because we were created for our more we were made for our more so i hope this makes sense that god's love is even seen in how he so graciously loved adam that he had to stop him from living in a polluted fashion forever he had to say okay i'm gonna pause now and how am i going to rectify this how am i going to bring man back to this eternal life because god's initial plan of course is for us to also dwell with him forever that's why we have heaven and even after heaven we'll have a new heaven and a new earth um where there'll be no more pain no more sorrow no more death according to revelations 21 um, where all the former things would have passed away and everything else will become new so life as god created it is designed to be timeless but eternal life is designed to be experienced man was created for eternal life man was created for eternal life and that's why to a believer or to anybody who believes in christ um, to be honest death is not something that should be feared death is just something that is a tool a tool that is more or less separating us from experiencing eternal life here on earth to experiencing eternal life in heaven with him so death is just a tool to a believer that is just a tool that's why um even when you read the story of luke 
and you know when Jesus was on the cross there was a thief a man, a man who had committed an actual crime who was hanging beside him and you know the thief told Jesus that remember me when you get to paradise and Jesus told him that you know truly I say to you that today you shall be with me in paradise so death is just something that is you know stopping us from experiencing eternal life with him so we can experience eternal life here on earth but it is preparing it is more joyous to experience it um, with him and this just uh, brings me back to a story of um, when I was in the in the States recently to complete um, studies there at Georgia Tech and I had the privilege of um, of seeing one of my should I say role models and people who have inspired me in the faith he's a musician he's a trumpeter um, his name is Pastor Nathaniel Bassey. So he was he was coming to the States and I've never met him before. And this is somebody that has, you know, really impacted your life. So when you get an, a rare opportunity like that, you don't miss it. So I took time off on the Saturday um, to go and see him and tickets were free. But uh, of course, if you expect anything, if, if anything is free, you can expect um, people to rush it. So people were there very early and I found myself, um, I wouldn't say necessarily late, but yeah <laughs> i was a bit late um and because of that i had to see them the overflow because um the cathedral or the, the actual place that pastor nath was ministering was packed it was full so there were no more seats so i had to move to the overflow and i was i was quite sad but i went to the overflow and we started worshiping and started singing along and there was a giant screen in front of us and we were all singing because of course people were there with me in the overflow as well um, but as we began singing I was just you know not satisfied I was hoping to to actually see him and to to worship with him so you know time went by I think about 10-15 minutes and something inside of me was just um, not in contentment I was not satisfied I was annoyed that why am I you know in the overflow I could have just listened to one of his videos on YouTube or stuff like that so I decided to go out and try and see if I could sneak my way inside the actual the actual venue or the actual cathedral where he was ministering in and of course there were security guards there so it wasn't easy so I had to come up with a with a cheeky plan to to get in and I started answering my my phone and acting like I was you know when you act like you're on a phone to to try and get back in as if you only came to answer the phone call uh, that's how cheeky I was so I tried that and luckily it worked because the security guard um, I think he was probably looking at another direction at that time so he didn't see me actually go in but another security guard was inside and he saw me um, there so yeah that was a <laughs> a bit of a hassle but as soon as I got in there and he was he was trying to get me out a lady approached me I think she's one of the the ushers there and I don't know why but she just came and she took me and she gave me a seat and probably it was her seat or it was someone else's seat I didn't want to know I just was looking at that seat <laughs> and I thanked her because it was it was more or less strange because I don't know her but she decided to give me that seat and she told the she, she told the security guard off and I was there and I was so so joyful and I just started worshiping and it felt glorious. Um, I could sense the euphoria rushing the adrenaline just by being there in Pastor Nat's presence. 
and as i said this doesn't take away from the people at the overflow it doesn't take away from being at the overflow but personally for me i really wanted to see him so badly i you know really wanted to be there worshiping with him and this is the same case with eternal life we can experience eternal life in our rooms just by worshiping um just by being there in the presence of the TV or the radio, whatever. This doesn't also apply to gospel music. It could be any type of music. And this explains why people, you know, actually enjoy going to concerts is that it's not the same without the person singing, you know. There's something about being in the presence of that person. And that's the same thing with eternal life, that we can experience it here on earth, but we can. it's better experiencing it with Him with the person who died for us, the person who has transformed us. Eternal life is much more joyful and much more pleasurable with him. And so the, the two main points I was just really trying to drive by with all this, um, and I hope I haven't gone on a tangent, is that, you know, we were made for the eternal. I think what's some, what makes it so hard to really believe in Christ sometimes is that we don't really think um, eternal life is for us. <laughs> and... We don't even know we were made for it. But the truth is we were. We were. Eternal life was what we were created for. And we shall, if we believe in Christ, we will have it here on earth and we will experience it in heaven with him. And so the eternal life that we speak of is essentially the more that we were made for. You know, we're made for more peace, more joy, more long-suffering. Everything that we have experienced in life, everything that we've enjoyed in life, and even to the things that we have not enjoyed, that there is more to it, that we were made for more. God desires us to grow into our more, to step into a relationship with Him and to experience the fullness of our more. We were made for more than a self-focused living life. We're made for a life that has the potential, you know, to impact people positively and to bring glory to God. Whether it's through our actions, it's through our attitudes. We're made for a life that will fully reflect Christ and a life that carries the message of salvation to all who seek it. So eternal life is about the quality of life that we live here. In John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus Christ says that I have come that you may have life and you might have life in abundance, in full. So it is a gift that is given by Christ. It doesn't cost us anything. We don't have to pay for it. Imagine if we had to, um, it would really cost us a lot. And I don't even think we'll be able you know, to pay for it because of the numerous sins that we have committed and the sins that we still commit. It's just impossible to pay it off. But in the book of 1 John 5 and 11 you know it says that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son so it is through Christ Jesus we have eternal life and in verse 12 he says that he who has the son he who believes in the son has life but he that does not have the son does not have life Jesus Christ paid the price he offered us eternal life because he wants us to step into our more. He wants us to fully experience our more. 
and he came for especially those who he knew were wanting for more those who he knew were settling for the common life the life that were, they were tossed to and fro a life they were beating up a life that were that they settled for which was not so pleasant he came for those people if we read the famous encounter in John chapter 4 and 13 of the encounter he had with the Samaritan woman we could see that this lady had settled for less she had been living the common the normal life that we all uh, more or less live a life that is not so fulfilling not so happy but Jesus came to usher her into that eternal life into her more he told her that yes you can settle for this life you can have this water again and again you can come to church you can go see this person you can um, do whatever you can do you can go to this um, drug or to this alcohol you can do whatever you want to do so you can quench that thirst but he says I am inviting you to drink from my well from my water because whosoever drinks of that my of my water will never thirst again he says in verse 14 that the water that I give them it will become like a spring of water that will well up into eternal life it will spring us into eternal life it's like a fountain that that pushes you up into eternal life because he knew just like her that many of us are wanting more maybe we don't see it maybe he has to tell us first he has to uh, like the story of, of how he prophesied to the woman and you know had to reveal that the life that you were living was truly not so pleasant and by that she saw it for herself and she knew that she needed more and when he had offered her um, that that water she said let me drink of it she said give me this water sir give me this water that I will not be thirsty and I will not come and draw again and I believe this is our response just like the woman um, at the well this should be our response that we want to encounter this water we want to encounter you Jesus take us into this eternal life bring us into our more because the water that he provides you know water is synonymous with life water sustains water preserves water is life in terms of nutrition I don't think the body can go more than three days without water because water is life so the water that Jesus Christ gives us brings us into not just life but eternal life so just like the woman at the well we need to respond to Jesus we need to respond to John 3 16 and you know she was so excited because even after she had encountered um, Jesus she went and started telling people at the nearby villages that I have encountered the one who has given me eternal life I have encountered the Messiah because once we receive eternal life there's an understanding that we get first john 5 and 13 it says that i write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of god that you may know there's a knowing that is attached when we receive eternal life that we may know that we have eternal life and we may go and share it out with those around us so eternal life is something that is to be enjoyed we could see the joy i don't know if many of us have watched the chosen but we could see the joy on this woman's face once she encountered Jesus once she received of him there's a joy that comes when we receive eternal life to all those who believe in Christ there's a joy that we experience and that is because with eternal life comes more joy it comes more freedom 
more satisfaction, more confidence, more comfort. Everything that we think we could have, well, double it, more of it. Because that's what Jesus Christ brings. He brings a life that is more fulfilling. But it's important to also note that we have a choice to choose whether or not we want to step into this life. We have the choice, the moral obligation to choose whether we want to partake of this eternal life. It is not something that is forced upon us. I repeat, it's something that is a gift that has been given by God towards mankind to bring them back to their original state through the atonement of their sins as paid for by Christ. But it is given to us as a gift. In John 3.36, it says that he who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see this life, but rather the wrath of God will abide on him. So it is a choice for us to make as to whether or not we are going to believe in the Son and to step into it, or rather not to. God will not impose anything upon us. It is not in his nature to force things upon his children, upon his people. And, you know, if you read the story of Paul and Barnabas in Acts chapter 13, verse 46, Paul and Barnabas were preaching the gospel of Christ. And as they were speaking, the, the Jews, um, which <laughs> is a bit of an irony because the, at that time, the message should have been more appealing to the Jews. But, you know, they were the ones who started contradicting and trying to twist Paul's and Barnabas's words. So they were reluctant and they were twisting the words and they were reluctant in receiving the message and the gospel of Christ. And why I'm telling you the stories, I'm, I'm just giving, I'm going towards the, the response of Paul. Paul says that you are unworthy of this everlasting life. So those who rejected, those who twisted, they are unworthy of everlasting life. And then he then proceeds to, to speak to the Gentiles because it was first the Jews, but then they didn't receive it. They were being very hostile and twisting words. And then he decided to go to the Gentiles and they received and partook of this everlasting life. And of course, they were saved. So everything in the Bible with God is an invitation to step into your more. It is not a forceful thing. Neither is it something that is being impeded upon you, but you have the choice the Samaritan woman had the choice as to continue drinking from the well or to drink from Jesus everything in life is about choices and God understands it and has given us the choice John 3:16 is a choice John 3:18 is also a choice and it all depends on if or what choice we want to make because God loves his children he he has an abundant love towards us. He desires that all men should be saved. He doesn't want us to miss upon eternal life. He wants us to experience it, but he will not force it upon us. He desires it, but he will not impede it upon us because it is not in his nature. It is not who he is. But I can guarantee you when I say that he really, really wants you to choose eternal life. Why, you may ask, because you were made for more. It was designed for you. When he created you, his design was that you will live for the eternal. And an example I can think of of how much God really wants us to experience eternal life is in the life of a man named Simeon, who was a, a devout and a righteous man who lived in the temple. 
and God promised him that he would not taste death until he met with Jesus which was almost in a sense that he would not taste death until he tasted eternal life because eternal life is equivalent to knowing Christ how do I know this if you read the book of John 17 and 3 and I think I might read it from the Passion Translation the Passion Translation of recent has actually become one of my favorite translations because it's quite um, very simple and provides the it fleshes out the scripture to really understand it and I recommend you um, checking it out so John 17 and 3 in the Passion it says that eternal life means to know and to experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the one as the son you in whom you have sent so experiencing Christ was God's version of giving Simeon a taste of eternal life so when we receive the sacrifice that Jesus Christ had performed and we experience him in our lives we usher ourselves into that eternal life God wants us to come into that eternal life so much so that he promised that Simeon will not taste death until he sees it until he tastes it which is beautiful to see because this is what we were created for we were created for this more and another point I'm going to to make is that a life of more is a life that bears fruit a life of more is evident by the fruits we bear and you know Romans chapter 7 verse 4 I'll read again from the passion it says so my dear brothers and sisters the same principle applies to your relationship with God for you died to your first husband which was the law by being co-crucified with the body of the Messiah so you are now free right to marry another the one who was raised from the dead so that you may now bear spiritual fruit for God so once we accept the atonement of sin once we accept the death of Christ we receive eternal life and we begin to bear spiritual fruit for God because we are united with God so a new identity allows us to bear much fruit and is an indication of the new life that we receive through Christ Jesus because once we receive him he begins to prune us he begins to transform us he begins to sharpen us to be able to bear fruit and to be able to produce godly character because we have John 3:16 being declared of our lives but then we also have John 16 being revealed in our lives it is not enough for it to be declared it's not enough for it to be spoken it has to take fruit it has to to take action it has to be revealed in our lives Paul says in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 that I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power unto salvation and in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 we see a list of all this possibilities all these fruits being released from the life of a believer there is that and there is even much more there's more love there's more joy there's more peace as I said before there's more patience with the eternal life eternal life is like a gift wrapped up with all its possibilities you don't know what to expect there's so much more inside of it there's so much more inside of it. Ephesians 2 verse 7 and again I'm reading from the TPT it says throughout the coming ages we will be the visible display of the infinite riches of his grace and kindness which he has showered upon us in Jesus Christ. There is so much to be unlocked. There's so much grace. There's so much potential to be unlocked within the eternal life but we have to possess it first. So once we see that we have received joy well there's more joy because God is a God that is abounding in grace. He's rich in mercy. You can't contain him. 
Paul even goes on to say that God's grace is sufficient for him in the time of trouble because it doesn't end. There's always more, more grace, more kindness, more love. There's always more to who God is because he's infinite. The riches of his grace are infinite. They're never ending, always abounding. That's who God is. And that's what we can access when we step into eternal life, when we step into Christ. Because there's a certain level of excellence that can only be exhibited by being in Christ. There's a certain level um, of, of fruits we can display just by being in Christ. The excellence of being in Christ is the potential that is unlocked by accessing eternal life. And this reminds me again of another story of when I was in Atlanta and... You know, I traveled with my roommates, all about 25 of us went to watch um, a game of basketball to see the Atlanta Hawks play. And at the end, we were brought down to the court to shoot some hoops. And all 25 of us were lined up and I was luckily at the last um, <laughs> position to take the shot. I was the last one to take the shot. But then as each person went up, they kept on missing and, you know, a few people were there in the audience and they were like, what's going on? What's going on? How can not even one person make a shot? So the first person would come take the shot, miss, up till the 15th person still miss and then we were moving on, moving on. And it reached a point where I was like, God, I can't miss the shot. I carry the Holy Spirit inside of me. I refuse to miss the shot. There has to be more and at that time of course i didn't tell myself i didn't say it like that i didn't say there has to be more like that but i knew there has to be not all of us could miss a shot it's impossible i refuse to be the one that also misses the shot so i think you, you probably know where the story is going so it reached my turn and i just positioned myself well and just you know took the shot and it went in and the crowd goes wild so everybody was confused because they knew I never, you know, did basketball, so they were confused as to how I was able to make that shot. And I told them that it was the Holy Spirit inside of me, and they got even more confused. But it prompted me to share my faith and about who Jesus is and all that he had done for me and, and how he has brought me into this more, into this eternal life, that they can also experience it. So through God's grace in making that shot, I was able to share, I was able to at least influence somebody and this is what God wants for all of us that we may be able to uh, obtain eternal life and begin to dispense it and share it like wildfire that may spread and people might actually partake of this eternal life because this is God's desire for all mankind. He desires that all mankind should be saved and should come into their more. So as soon as we accept Jesus Christ, fruit begins to come forth. People begin to see a new character, a new mindset in us. Even we begin to do things that we could have never done before. We begin to break free from all manners of cages that we have kept ourselves in because we press on to our more. Fruit is yielded. Fruit is seen. That is the advantage of stepping into your more. You begin to produce fruit. And God wants us to produce fruit. And so to summarize, because I, I know a lot has actually been said so far. Um, but it all centers around this idea of coming back to a more. Jesus Christ came, he died, that we may be able to be reconciled to the Father and to coming back to our eternal life, to have our more. He died on the cross that we may be reconciled, that we may come back to him. He says in Matthew chapter 11, 28, that come unto me all you that labor 
and a heavenly and I will give you rest. His desire is that we come to him and acquire, acquire all the possibilities that are enriched in eternal life. That's his greatest desire for us to believe, for us to come to him. For us to come to him in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says if anyone hears my voice and opens the door for me I will come and I will dine with him the charge and the onus is on us for us to accept what Christ has done because no man could do that greater love had no man than this to lay his life on his friend because no man can do that for us Christ had to come and usher us and push us into this new life. It's like saying, become who you are. Become who you're supposed to be. And I'm giving it to you as a gift. All you have to do is accept it. Actually, in John 3 verse 16, it says that whosoever believes in me, to believe in the Greek is the, the Greek word pistion, which of course means um, to put, to have faith, to trust in something. So he says, have faith in me, trust in me, because I will bring you into your more. I have paid the price for your more. All you have to do is to walk and to step into it. So as men that are listening, God is inviting us to come and to sup with him, to, to allow him to sharpen our hearts, to allow him to do a new thing with us. That's his desire, that we may step in to our more, that we may step into our more. So I think I'm just going to probably end with a prayer. Um, at this point dear God we thank you for all you're doing in our lives we thank you for dying for us for bringing us into eternal life we thank you Lord for your faithfulness for your goodness and for your love we ask oh Lord that you begin to work in our hearts to be more receptive towards you and for the sacrifice that you paid we ask oh Lord that you'll be able to perform new work inside of us that we'll be able to receive from you, receive the life that you have promised us. We ask, Lord, that you take away every distraction, whatsoever takes us away from your presence, that stops us from believing and coming to our more. We ask, Lord, that you will take it away and that you will help us and that you will draw us closer to you. You said that if we draw close to you, that you will draw closer to us. So we ask, O oh Lord, that you will help us to find you You'll help us to walk and experience divine life, eternal life. We thank you, Lord, for all you have done in our different families and our respective work practices and studies. We ask that you be with us and that you help us in the time of trouble. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. So thank you so much for for tuning in again um, to that question next door we hope you are blessed and you continue to be blessed wherever you are if you do have a question or if anything um, has been bothering you of late that you probably want us to address and or if you just want to find out more feel free to reach us out on that question next door on instagram and of course our various um, social handles and website will be happy to hear from you but till then, do take care and be safe.